Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, I'm Steph Douglas and welcome to our motherhood series because it's Mother's Day at the end of March. So we've got some excellent guests sharing their experience of motherhood, things they've learned, how they cope when they feel overwhelmed possibly how they don't cope um on that i was supposed to be at the don't buy her flowers warehouse in gloucestershire this week but the evening before i was due to go my husband doug took one look at me manically banging around the house opening and shutting drawers and cupboards a lot um, and listing things that we needed to do and he gently suggested i didn't go and instead focused on just getting myself sorted at home and breathing remembering to breathe so yeah i'm at home today and just trying to not feel quite so overwhelmed if you're new to this podcast essentially it's all about the rush hour of life that we're in and the ridiculousness of it we discuss battling that overwhelm figuring out how to divide up the load at home Um, and we also laugh about it because most of the time once you're through it you can look back and realize that it was quite funny Um, and there are loads more episodes to listen to so I spoke with Stacey Heal and Jessie Ware and actually a really good one if you haven't heard it is Dr Emma Zvanberg on mental health and the pandemic. I think the news is a lot at the moment, there's a lot going on, lots of people are feeling that anxiety and off the back of the last couple of years as well especially um, and Emma is really wise, lots of advice about how we might deal with various emotions so I would recommend going back and listening to that. And on with today's guest, the very excellent comedian, author, presenter and actor, Ellie Taylor, is talking with me about motherhood, especially those early days, as well as her career in stand-up and more recently in the epic Ted Lasso. If you haven't seen it, you have to go and watch it. It's excellent. And uh, her book, My Child and Other Mistakes, is out on the 10th of March in paperback and it will be in Don't Buy Her Flowers packages. And just to mention... I don't buy her flowers. We sell awesome gift packages that are all about encouraging the recipient to take a bit of time for themselves, as well as brilliant books like Ellie's. We've got things like cashmere socks, uh, gin and cocktails or tea, if that's more up someone's alley. Delicious treats to eat, uh, gorgeous candles. What else have we got? Creams and all sorts. And you basically put packages together by selecting the bits that you want to that you know somebody will love really and you can create an amazing package of TLC 
and you can actually now pre-order for Mother's Day if you so wish. We've also got Homestart UK as a charity partner this month. So we're making donation from each package. So um, I'll talk more about that in another episode. But for now, I would like to hand it over to Ellie Taylor. Hi, Ellie Jane Taylor. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Very good. So we're going to talk about your book, which is coming out in paperback. So this is My yeah. Child and Other Mistakes. And yeah. um, it's going to be in Don't Buy Her Flowers packages. But also there's so much, Ellie. I have been going through all your reels or, you know, all your YouTube clips, just... There's a lot in there, career-wise. Right. Obviously, we will come on to Ted Lasso because that's my favourite. In terms of your career-wise, well, you've done loads of presenting stuff. I found a comic relief performance in 2017 of you doing <laughs> Black Magic. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> it's so let's, good. I was like, I, how have I missed all this? There was so much. Let's sing and dance for comic relief where, <laughs> yeah, you had to. I mean, it does exactly what it says in the tin. You had to sing and dance. So me and Pete Furman, a magician yeah. comedian, we sang Black Magic by Little Mix while also doing sort of a, uh, a, a magic routine. So I was the magician's assistant. <laughs> but of course, I'm like five foot 11. Usual magician's assistants are the size of an eight-year-old girl. So I had to like hide in a box at the beginning. They had to make the box bigger because my <laughs> hips, it wouldn't physically Which close is the always size good. of my hips. It makes you feel great. Yeah, made me feel absolutely great. Um, so yeah, that was that was utterly ridiculous. Well, one that. of the comments yeah. under there was Ellie Taylor is fit as fuck. So I thought that, I mean, I don't know if you want to hear that or you'd rather not hear that. Oh, thanks. I'll that tell was... that to like me seven years ago. Yeah. 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 You feel... <laughs> feel good but uh, what, what were you like as a kid though were you because you joke lots about being self-obsessed and but were you an entertainer were you a performer from when you were a kid I was a bit I don't think I wasn't like super precocious or anything but I know within my family I was always the silly one I was always the funny one that was mm. sort of how I was pigeonholed which is no bad way to be um I I did a bit of acting and stuff when I was younger but Again, I, I, it's not like I fought for the main roles or anything. I was often the background uh, background cast for Bits and Bobs at school. Um, I think my first, like, my first big role, mm. Steph, mm. was when I was um, 17 and I was Nancy and Oliver. <gasps> That's um, big. That was a good one. Yeah, I really liked that. Everyone um, wants to be Nancy. Everyone wanted to be Nancy. Yes. So that, that was a real good one. There's a VHS of that knocking around somewhere. And I'm sure I, would, I think I would die hearing me trying to hit the top notes. <laughs> yes. She has an amazing voice. You, yeah. You should definitely find that. It's long enough ago that you can kind of go, oh, I, when True. I was 17, that's quite a weird yeah. age to be in musicals. I also was in Annie, but me and my best mate basically had always wanted to be in Annie, but we were too old to be orphans. So we had to be like the maid and the Boylan sisters. So we had to do and I loved it. But I can remember it being a really <laughs> weird time because it's also the same time that you're going out and getting really pissed on a weekend and underage clubbing and then you're also in a musical. Yeah. Yeah, I was the only one of my friends in it. I always think that's quite interesting. Like in my, my school friends, there was only me who wanted to do that sort mm. of stuff which I think is kind of nice in a way because we've all got our own separate things now and they my friends from school who I'm still good friends with couldn't give a monkeys what I do right. like in the best possible way and they lost interest in me doing <laughs> you know they used to as everyone does when you start something new people are interested and they watch everything you do now 
Very rarely. I think Ted, they've watched Ted Lasso. Yeah. But that's a, that's anything else lately. Couldn't give a monkeys. There's so much, like, are you finding that all these opportunities are kind of almost, not spiralling, but there's more and more stuff coming your way? Because it seems from the outside, it looks like you've obviously the great pottery throwdown. And then also, obviously, Ted Lasso. Is it feeling like it's kind of this juggernaut at the moment? It feels like, um, I was just saying to a friend last night, I don't know, maybe it's because um, things, I, I'm enjoying what I'm doing a lot at the moment. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm doing a lot of different stuff, which I really enjoy the variety. Mm, mm. But I also feel like I'm just at an age now, so I'm 38 now, where over the last few years, I haven't really noticed, but I just really feel so much more confident in my skills. And I, to know, like, to, to go on a show... Basically, I can turn up to any job and just think I know what I'm doing. I'm, 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 I'm capable at this. I'm good at this. Mm. I've worked bloody hard to get to the position where I can be like, yeah, this is fine. I've got, I've got this, which is a lovely place to be mm. because certainly when I was younger, um, starting out, so I didn't start stand up till I was about 20, I think 27. Mm. So quite late in terms of sort of entertainment stuff, but sort of, yeah, get working through all the initial imposter syndrome and stuff um I back myself now I back myself which is so nice and people always go your 30s are you know when you're like really you sort of get to know yourself and you'd be like yeah 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 well I'm 32 and I don't feel that piss mm-hmm. off but I yeah by 38 I'm like yeah I've I've got this I know what I want to do I know what I don't want to do I know I also know what I'm going to be good at mm. um and I can make sure that I go for more of that stuff whereas the stuff that I know I'm not as good at and not as comfortable with and enjoy less I will try to avoid that but how lovely because you don't there's not I don't think I've heard many women say that and it's not in a it's just in a, a confidence of like yeah I'm I know what I'm doing now yeah not many because we're kind of oh well silly me mm, and imposter syndrome mm, and all that stuff mm. and it's like it's really refreshing if someone can just go yeah no I, I'm because looking at it you look like you're doing amazingly and like the watching the stand-up especially the stuff when you're really pregnant and got the <laughs> shortest it's the sparkly yeah. one it's the shortest dress I think I've seen and you're just the the confidence of you on stage is so incredible to watch yeah that was so that was when I hosted live at the Apollo and I was I think I was seven months pregnant so in a very um like I'd say a snatch grazing hemline. It's not, um, it, it is, yeah. I, it is. It is. Massive heels. Um, massively pregnant. And you I look incredible. I, you look incredible. Oh, thank you. Nothing to do with me. All other people. <laughs> but um, I really loved gigging when pregnant, actually. That was my favourite time doing stand-up because I felt, I don't know, I felt, strapping for a cliche, empowered mm. because, I don't know, I just, I was just full of life. And mm. I th- also think pregnant women look ridiculous like in the mm. best way you look funny it's just funny mm. you've got a big ball stuck up your top you look ridiculous <laughs> so it's like you're a human visual punchline which I think aids I'm quite physical in the way I perform anyway so yeah. I think that sort of adds to it it all looks ridiculous the the way I was dressed was sort of ridiculous because I was so pregnant and I just I loved it and I think it's I also reveled in the fact that it's unusual to see a woman um 
that pregnant in a position of power and authority on in stage. any position i don't know where pregnant Absolutely. women go but you just don't see them at that point yeah. apart from sort of yeah. waddling around on the street yeah that's the thing you saw when you'll see a heavily pregnant woman on telly it's often exactly that groaning as she sits down mm. and you know all my feet are fat and that sort of thing but yeah to be sort of in this glamorous um alpha position is sort of sort of subversive i suppose in a weird way and i really i really enjoyed that and i i i reveled i reveled in that but don't get me wrong when i say like i feel more confident in myself doing stand-up will always be sort of terrifying because in the way that i think you should because it is it should be respected because it's bloody hard and it Mm. is insane it's so weird and and arrogant to go on stage and go (laughs) i am the funniest in the room you should listen to me Mm. um and there's also, you know, with stand-up, there's nowhere to hide. It's just you. Um, if it doesn't work, it's all on you. If you forget your stuff, it's all on you. No one's going to come to your rescue. You haven't got anyone else who's going to throw you the line. You are on your own. Have you had any absolute clangers? Oh, I've had, yeah. When So after, so I did um, a tour um, at the um, sort of end of 2019 that was meant to carry on in spring 2020. Well, we all know what happened there. So mm. that that bit of the tour got delayed and I didn't end up doing it for about 18 months. So by the time I came back to doing those extra dates, I'd completely forgotten the show. I hadn't been on stage for 18 months. Oh. It was really rusty. And then I had to go back out and do and do my tour. And it was like, I didn't have to write the show. It was all there and done, but I had to remember it. So I was literally had to like listen back to old recordings, write down set lists and try and get it all in my head. But there would be times, especially earlier on in, in that extra little um, tour bundle that I did, on stage where I was talking and I'm the whole time I'm going what is next oh, oh crap I've missed a bit and if I don't say it then that bit won't make sense oh, later so you're God. sort of readjusting it while your mouth is carrying on talking yeah so it that kind of thing can be yeah <laughs> quite stressful but yeah got through it and it was lovely to be back on stage actually it was really nice and I I sort of thought I hadn't I kind of felt like I hadn't missed stand-up during lockdown mm. Um, but then when I did it, I was like, oh, yeah, you really do like, you really like it. It must be such a buzz. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it is in that, in the same way as I say, if it all goes tits up, it's on you. Mm. If it goes well, it's all your glory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no one No else. one can, no one can take that. That is all your stuff. So you get to go and have a lovely, lovely pat on the back. You're, you think you're the best thing in the world. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, you'll, the next night you'll have a shit gig and you'll be... <laughs> But You'll be grounded again. But. It's an amazing thing to do. I think I heard you saying that you, when you did your first one, Phil, who's now your husband, was there, and he was like, yeah. you're, "You're good at this," and you, went, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, maybe this is something I can do. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't start stand up thinking I would do it professionally. I just, I, I sort of was in my late twenties and mid, mid to late twenties and thought, "God, my life's over. I'm in a nine to five, which is a, it was a really good, fun job." events and marketing stuff but I didn't want to do it I always wanted to perform in some way mm. so I, I was trying to work out a way to vent my need to show off <laughs> and I saw a friend of mine do some stand-up uh, an open mic night and I thought oh, well if you can do that I can do that we'd been to the same uni we'd done the same course we were similar people um so I put my name down just to do one gig to sort of tick it off the list to say I did a stand-up gig once but yeah my my boyfriend Phil now my husband came along and um he was like yeah you should you should do that you're good at that which I is obviously I find hilarious now because inevitably that gig was awful because it was my first gig and I didn't know what I was doing (laughs) but um 
yeah, I, I basically only carried on because I started dating him. He was nine years older. He was this impressive journalist who had his shit together. He knew what he was doing and I wanted to impress him. So I carried on doing it. But I always, I also do always think how lovely that he saw mm. something in me that I didn't see. And he's always been like that. He's always been absolutely just like it's a no-brainer that I should be doing this. It was a no-brainer when I would have to quit work and he would have to support me because I was going to try stand up full time. I was terrified and he was like, well, no, of course, of course you're meant to do this. And not in like a, he's not like a real like, you're amazing. Oh my God, I'm your number one fan. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. not like that at all, but he's just he like- You can see it in you. Like lo He's like logically, yeah, <laughs> like he's, yeah. he's very pragmatic um, and he's always had absolute uh, unflinching, very sort of, steadfast un undramatic belief in me that has yeah. been my biggest gift and I, d I would definitely not be doing any of this if it wasn't for him well he must have been pretty excited by the reception for ted lasso then so but you didn't see it initially because you didn't have apple tv <laughs> no i didn't have apple tv so we yeah filmed ted lasso obviously before it came out no one knew what it was it's just a, a nice show it's an apple thing and i remember like the dates were a bit tricky when they were filming and i was in the middle of doing some other stuff and a tour and i was saying to my agent i just don't know if it's going to work i just don't know if i'm going to be able to do this and she was like i think we should try to make it work so yes it, this is the important thing for having wise people around you mm. when you're an idiot so um <laughs> made it happen did it didn't think i'd done super well um I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think I was very good in that. I'm not going to tell anyone that I did it. Let that go under the radar. <laughs> and then it came out and, yeah, I hadn't seen it, didn't really know anything about it. And then people kept talking about it. And I was like, well, I guess I should probably get Apple TV then. Um, so, but, you know, about, I think, I think I was in the seventh, the seventh episode of the first series. And I don't think I got it till about six. I don't think we've seen it till six. We got it about episode six. So um, really, really late to the party. And then when we watched it, I was like, oh God, it's really good. <laughs> it's really good. I had, I had no idea. Like, I never, I never thought it wasn't going to be good, but I had no yeah. sense of what the show was. I didn't know because I'd sort of seen my scenes and I hadn't seen anything else filmed. I didn't get the tone of it. Right. And I think seeing it all together and seeing, you know, even with the music on and stuff, when it's, mm. when it's, when it's a proper show packaged together, mm. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so lovely. And I feel so lucky that to be a little part of such a juggernaut of a show. And it's, I mean, it's all sort of luck really, isn't it? It was just another audition that I went to. Um, but it's incredible. Like it's, I I started watching it and I didn't have it because I didn't have Apple TV. So I only watched it, was it this start of this year? So I binge watched the whole first two series and with Doug. And we just were like, we were like, well, how have we not seen this? And it's so good. Like it's got that Shit's Creek vibe to it as well, yeah, which is that yeah. uplifting. It's not all drama, but it's no, so lovely. It's so lovely and warm and and feel good. And I think obviously it came out at just such a good time and you know lockdown and all mm -hmm. that jazz. So um, yeah, it hit. It just sort of sometimes I guess the the universe collides in the in the right way. It was the right show at the right time, and it's a brilliant show. You know, take take away all of those sort of conditions. It's, mm. it's just a great, really brilliantly, beautifully written show. Um, and it's also it's something. You know, I've done a lot of stuff that my parents do not like and things they don't want to watch and stuff. But this is a show that my parents like. 
you know friends of my parents enjoy me yeah. and my husband enjoy and we don't like that many things together my sister likes it do you know what I mean like mm. it's a real everyone likes it which is so lovely mm. so um yeah I'm, I'm delighted to be part of it and to meet such brilliant people on it um that Hannah Waddingham is is honestly one I've of the only best heard I've amazing met. things I kind of want an exclusive here where you tell me that someone is an absolute rat bag but it sounds <laughs> Everyone's just really lovely. No, really, a really, really lovely bunch. And um, yeah, it's really, it's really, it's really fun. And it's also nice sort of going back into like, you know, first series didn't, like I said, didn't have a clue what it was, didn't really get it. Mm. Going back to second series, it was so nice because I'm like, oh, I know, I know who everyone is. I know the character. I know what this is now. I Mm. get it. And that is, that's really nice. When are you, when's series three being filmed? Soonish, soonish, and you're yeah. in it. Well, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> um, but yes, I believe they're, they're filming soon. So that's, that's so exciting. exciting. And the other massive—I th- mean, you've done loads of big stuff now. But the other massive one is the Mash Report clip, which I know everyone asks you about. Women have told everyone to just fuck off. <laughs> Tired of being judged for choosing to have children or not have children, to have children and go back to work, to have children and not go back to work, for being too thin, too fat, too pushy, too unambitious, too hot, not hot enough, or even for just daring to be alive, <laughs> women have stressed that everyone can go fuck themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. Like, that came out, that was a few years ago now. That was, um, it was just before International Women's Day. So it, it really sort of <laughs> caught everyone's attention. Uh, and I always feel bad because I'm like, I didn't write it, but I, you know, it's always yeah, like... It was Emily Jane it. Clark, wasn't it? It so was. I know her fantastic. Oh, do you? Yeah. Years ago, yeah. Emily's brilliant. She does lots of stuff for MASH. She writes great stuff for MASH. Um, so she wrote this brilliant piece. And um, yeah, and it just, it really... It's funny. It's sort of the 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 flames get fanned every so often. Someone else will post it. So well, when you say someone else, we're talking about Madonna and Jennifer Aniston. Madonna posted it, and then Jennifer Aniston. Um, yeah, so I think it, it, at the it's got something like a hundred a hundred twenty or hundred thirty million views on Facebook alone. I'm sure yeah, there's yeah. obviously different iterations all over. So yeah, it's. Um, yeah, it's it's funny, isn't it? That sort of that will be doing the rounds for ages, I think. Yeah, yeah. Did you know when you were reading it? Did you know, oh, this is going to hit something? Uh, I knew, I knew I had one shot of doing it because the the effect would be with the audience wouldn't work as well if I fucked it up. Right. I do actually stumble in it and it annoys me and I will watch that clip forever and be like, oh, you've said a weird word there. But I was like, carry on going because it won't work again. Um, so I know I don't did I know I know I really liked it and I know the audience loved it in the room um but you never quite know what's gonna go proper viral no I suppose also because it wasn't it was um global it could it could be related to globally as well so that helps but yeah I mean who knows what what makes something go viral is a bit sort of magical but you are hard on yourself as well so I think I remember before your book came out which is a Sunday I don't think I've mentioned sorry this is a Sunday Times bestseller but you were like I just want it to do well I can't remember we were messaging about something you're like I just I, I want it to land I want it to, you didn't yeah. you weren't happy you weren't happy to just go I've written a book you wanted it no. to do really well which no, it did I, yeah yeah I did I did want it because I'm very needy Steph. <laughs> very very needy woman um 
And it sort of goes back to the fact that I wanted it to do well and I wanted it, I really wanted it in very sort of quite an ungracious way. I wanted it to be in the Sunday Times bestselling list mm. because I suppose it's sort of going back to like me as a kid and wanting to get an A on my homework. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like. Um, but, you know, more than that now, while that was important to me, what I really love and that means more to me is sort of the legacy of it in that it's not that was, you know, that yes, that happened when it was released, but now when it's been out a while, the hardback's been out a while and the audible version, uh, maybe eight or nine months now, I get messages. I would say probably every day I get messages on mm. Instagram of from women saying I've read it. And I think essentially what it has done for a lot of women is um, reflect back their own experiences. Mm. I, I basically, I always think the book is in a way incredibly boring and unremarkable because it is the story of a woman who had a very ordinary child. Like, woohoo, where's the drama? There's no drama. Nothing awful happened to me. Thank God I was so lucky. Mm. Um, but I think in a way, because so many women have that exact experience of sort of a, a very ordinary thing that happens to so many people. So many people have a kid. Like, mm. who cares? It's not the, you know, it's not the most... It's the most mundane life choice that you can make to become a parent. Yawn. But because of that, it's sort of dismissed. And we forget that for each individual family and for each individual woman, it is massive. Massive. And your life breaks apart and your brain changes and your whole outlook morphs. Like it is, you cannot overestimate how... It, profound it is mm. it's profound and to just have someone i think to be able to write down sort of all of that story and for women to read it and go oh god yeah like just to be seen and to be like held mm. i love that i love it so much and i really think i think what i really hope women get from it is that you're not alone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're not. It's really. I, I also think because I talk about being having a dark time in in the early days mm. uh, of of motherhood. That I, I reckon in hindsight now I had postnatal depression, mm. and the way I talk about it, I think I wonder. I've been thinking about this lately. I wonder if it's 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 helpful for women to read that because I'm not. It's not like I'm a doctor on this morning going, these are the six signs of postnatal depression you should look out for. And mm-hmm. why don't you talk to your GP? It's just a woman, an ordinary woman talk, experiencing it mm. and saying, this is what happened mm. to me. And I think maybe it's less intense in a way, even though I, it's a really intense experience that I describe, it's less medicalized and formal. It's just going, this is the thoughts and feelings that I had. And then Definitely. people maybe can yeah relate to that. And I also really hope that what it shows the book is that there's hope because I did feel like that and it was awful, but Mm. there is hope and so much joy awaits you on the other side and you will get there. But right now it's okay to hate it and it's okay to like your child, but fucking hate the parenting bit sometimes and to find the newborn days awful and to think you've ruined your life. You can hold those two thoughts in your head. You're not awful. If you're experiencing that right now, you're not awful. And if you're looking back, reflecting back on, you know, say your kid's eight now and you go, God, I wasn't I all, I really didn't like those newborn days. What a bad mum. No, you're not. Like, it's okay. Mm. Take, I want to take that guilt away from you and kick it in the river. Like, you don't need to hold on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I think there's real wisdom, Ellie Taylor, in, in, it, in that you're writing that not that far down the line, I think it took me a lot longer to get to where you've got, where you've worked all of those things out or you can compute that. But, you know, I also think that another thing, another reason why women like it is because it, it's my job to process my life and make material out of it. That is what I have always done yeah. in stand-up. That is what I've done in the book. I got to sit down and process my thoughts and feelings and order everything in my brain that was whirring around in regards to being pregnant and having a baby and the newborn days. When do other women get that chance? Mm. I feel so lucky. It feels like such a privilege that that is my job. And I, and I only think I have, I honestly think I've got so much more clarity because I've written it all down. And I, mm. I say to women when they message me, I'm like, if you, and not everyone wants to write a book, but even just write a if you want to and you enjoy expressing yourself in writing, write it down for yourself. No, just you're right. It, honestly, it's so cathartic. Yeah, I think I started writing and blogging and stuff when Mabel was like one and a bit. And I and that definitely it really helped me with stuff, especially around Doug and I, like our relationship. And because you write it and then you think about it and then you relook it and I was like get him to read it and then we'd have a conversation. It was almost like therapy. Which, if I wasn't doing that, I probably would have gone on to have a third kid and felt exactly the same and had the same rounds. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. <laughs> but it's also very funny, like the the observational stuff in it. I was reading it, rereading it in bed the other morning, and Buster and Frank were in bed watching something, and I was chuckling and doing that. Bah! 
laugh when he comes out. <laughs> and they they were like, what are you reading? But there were just certain bits. There's a bit where you talk about your sister and you, she, she's had kids, she had kids before you. And you were like, I, I'm probably not going to have children. And you're kind of going in. You went, I think you went in to visit her in the hospital. And it's just, there's just one liners that completely floored me. And it was, oh, that she, she looked like um, Ronnie Wood. <laughs> Oh, Ronnie Wood in a maternity bra. Yeah. I'd, honestly, I've never seen anyone look more rough in my life. She's like an absolute dog when she had her first And you're kid. there, like, t- tottering in. Like, hi, oh. guys. <laughs> yeah, and then that's where I, I bought, like, she'd had a baby. And I was like, I know, I'm going to surprise her with some cupcakes. So I bought, like, Hummingbird Bakery cupcakes. Really fancy. I was, I, you know, I had no money at the time. So I spent a lot of money on these cupcakes. And then when I sort of met the baby and stuff and I left, and my overriding thought was not like, oh, my God, how amazing. I'm an auntie. Mm. One of my, like, I've got a beautiful little baby nephew my thought was no one mentioned the cupcake oh my god <laughs> like it was so all about me um but I'm so glad you found it funny yeah my mum always says when I talk about the book because I always go because I'm so passionate about like oh, I want to like women to like it and yeah. I want to relate to it and it, to mean something to them but she's always like you've got to say it's funny too and I'm like oh yeah it's also really really funny, funny. <laughs> it's both bits are really important because it's fun to laugh about all that stuff and realize that you weren't on your own like when you're weeping in a changing room over your nursing bras and stuff like that it, it, it is funny it's really yeah, funny it I think, is. I'm trying to think the other bits that I particularly loved the NCT the description of NCT classes and you're yeah. kind of I know I know I know but trying to hold yourself back because you had yeah. learned everything but you didn't want to be that yeah. guy yeah I mean that's the thing that there's so much comedy to be had in the whole having a baby thing mm. and even in the worst bits even in like the really bleak bits in hindsight mm. they are really funny like I talk in the book about how um I kept getting mastitis so we got a, a lactation consultant in this strange little woman who while I'm in like the depths of like such a bad infection I was I was like hallucinating sweating I'd never felt worse than when I had mastitis and this lactation consultant came in and tried to demonstrate breastfeeding with a, a puppet of Elmo <laughs> so I'm like bare-breasted on my sofa like sort of sweating with fever like why is there elmo on my tit like this is so fucking weird and you sort of like through through the bleakness you see the bizarre nature of it and how funny it is and i think i think so often for my husband and i comedy has got us through and laughing at the ridiculous Mm -hmm. situations and you know even when she's having an absolute shit fit if you can laugh through the draw, yeah. <laughs> once you once you realise that they sometimes they just do that, and there's nothing sometimes you can do about do it. That. It's not because you failed or because I used to go with my first. I used to go to like, oh my god, he's going to be like a psychotic, right? Well, he's going to go up to be like, we need to talk about Kevin. I have, <laughs> I've totally ruined. You know, I would put it all on me, and it's like, no, he's just being a three year old or a four year old yeah. or whatever. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, it's just yeah, they're just hard work. Um, and also you you talk about the new mums being like catnip to you yeah I love a new mum so much I um <laughs> you sort of you're living your life through them aren't you and you're like I know what you're going through they might not be going through what you're going through but they probably I are you, I know what you might be going through and I know how mental it is and I know how you might feel really broken and I know you might feel really weird and you're not sure if you're the only one who feels like this and mm. you might and you think your life is that's it and you you don't know if you'll ever be you again. It makes me emotional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just, I've, I've always loved women. I'm a real girl's girl. Mm. But having a child has made me, 
I was never cooey before. I never had, I never, you know, like babies didn't want to hold baby or anything. And now I, I am cooey, but I think I'm cooey in that I sort of, I'm cooey over the, what has brought that child there. And there's a baby that is three months old. And I, in my head, I'm thinking about the backstory of them having the baby and getting pregnant and going through the pregnancy and the birth and the wild newborn days and everything that it's taken for me to see them in the Marks and Spencer's cafe. Mm. And I go, Oh God, just to even get out for the day. And there's so, it's all just so loaded. And I, yeah, I'm full of emotion and love for new mums and I don't think I'll ever change and I think I think it's now I sort of well you see like old old ladies and they're like oh look at the baby and you go oh because you've done it and you mm. Marks and Spencer's cafe is a good one for that though as well because yeah. they're all in there and they will yeah. it's a good place to go if you need a bit of a pep up I think oh yeah I just think it's so it's such a special bond for to, to have been through it and mm. to sort of know what some not you can never know obviously but have an insight into what someone else is going through I think Mm. it's it's really special one yeah I just always think that having a kid is it's made me it's made me a nicer person because Mm. I think I don't know I just never got it before I never got the emotion around parenting and even it's it sort of made me appreciate my parents as well Mm. because I'm like oh my god you loved you You loved you loved me yeah yeah yeah. much as I love my girl yeah christ i didn't know and that oh god dad wants to take me to the airport at 4 a.m why would he want to do that oh because he loved me so much he could explode like yeah, yeah. <laughs> in a less intense way now because i'm yeah obviously 100 years old in comparison <laughs> to my baby but it's just like that innate bond and how much yeah they've they've been through with me and everything the other thing that really made me chuckle in the book was about the first holiday and you talk, oh, you talk about a load of firsts mm. and how they can feel. Can you? Yeah, the yeah. first holiday though was particularly just from where you'd gone from weekend breaks and cottages in Wiltshire to. Oh yeah, we always had. You know, we had me and my husband had lovely holidays, lovely, lovely holidays. fancy breaks. You know, and then we find ourselves first holiday with my child at um, an all-inclusive <laughs> in Yorker, and it was like walking. We sort of checked in at reception and we got a wristband, first of all. We're like, oh, God, this doesn't look good. <laughs> and then we walked through the main doors into like a hellscape of swimming pools. And there was like, um, they were doing, you know, that sort of throwing colour powder. There was, that was, after, for oh, whatever God. reason, they were doing a colour throw, like at the main stage, which is this massive, like the pyramid stage at Glastonbury. And there's just children queuing up for ice cream everywhere and just soft drinks and the the pool was packed and people are like sort of farmed salmon swishing around and then like yeah we went to get a drink and it was like oh god it's a self-serve tango christ what are we? it's like it felt like you know a food court or something and i was like yeah. oh god oh god what have we done and then within a few days i was like totally changed it was like stockholm syndrome i was like complete mind like my mind completely changed it was so much fun once you let yourself (laughs) once you release yourself to the ridiculousness of the all-inclusive and you get involved and you do the themed song that plays out once an hour and you do a spin class and you get a favorite like holiday rep um and you know my husband was playing water polo and it was it was ridiculous and like just the buffets and like oh let's go to oh let's go to the tex-mex tonight because they've got like a nacho cheese fountain let's do that one um there's silent disco on the beach yes please and we just we just did like everything that we could and um the 
I loved it. And I, I love the, I love a buffet now for a kid where they just can basically they'll just eat chips and, but someone cleans up yeah. Yeah, bread and chips and you don't have to worry about the food. Mm. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's not, I won't do it forever, but for now with a kid, I totally see why you would do it. But that's what holidays become for a, for a period, and they've yeah. changed, for us, they've changed over the years. My oldest is 11, but we did one of those a couple of years ago, and you're in the pool doing water aerobics with yeah, a load yeah. of like old ladies going, what the fuck yeah. has happened to me? Yeah, but yeah, also yeah. kind of going, well, I'm, I'm getting in some moves, and then I'll yeah. go and eat an ice cream that's on yeah. the house. <laughs> I think having a kid has made me get, I hadn't realised, I hadn't realised how snobby I can be, Mm-mm. and sort of it gets, it gets rid of that, and like going, okay, we're going to go to the Sainsbury's Cafe. She likes it. Yeah. It's easy. It's we'll convenient. Go there. We're not going to go for a fancy, you know, a, a lovely, quiet, flat white somewhere. We're going to go and have a cup of tea in the Sainsbury's Cafe. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's all, it becomes about the kid, doesn't it? And I think, but I think you find, once I can sort of, again, if you lean into it and you can find the fun, mm. I think that's the thing. You just got to, you've got rather than, a lot of parenting is that, is it rather than fighting it and resenting it, if you can just go breathe out and sort of go with it, it's just, it's yeah, better yeah. for everyone. Rather than sitting watching all the others with disdain, get in there, yes. get doing the macarena. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love it. Um, and do you feel like the period you're in at the moment, does it feel like a bit of a rush hour in that, there's so much going on. So you're doing the juggle of the two of you trying to work out how you're going to manage childcare and your kid and you want to be there, but you've also got, you must have all these opportunities coming in. Yeah. It's really hard to be honest at the minute. Um, also because we had, um, the timing of when we had a kid and when lockdown happened, we sort of only, we, we just started nursery. She just started nursery before lockdown and she came out and then we were obviously at home for ages. Mm. So, it's only now that we're getting a real insight into proper every two of us working properly where yeah. we can travel again, which obviously wasn't happening. We were both at home so much. We didn't really need to worry too much. It felt right. like it was quite manageable, but yeah, now we're both back up and working. It's um, yeah, it's, it's, it is very hard. It, it, it is hard. Um, it's tricky because part of me thinks, gosh, I wish this, some of this stuff had happened 10 years ago, yeah, five years ago before I had a kid. But then, like I was saying, because I feel so much, I've, I've got to a place without even noticing where I feel so much more comfortable and confident in my abilities, I wouldn't have been ready then. It's just no. an annoying thing that you, but maybe part of it, maybe part of the reason I feel like I've got my shit together a bit more is because I've had a kid. Who knows? Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. But if you can do that, maybe, you can do anything. Maybe you're appreciating, like when you say about the stand up and being on stage when you're pregnant, maybe it didn't feel as terrifying because you were like, well, I'm growing a kid. That's probably yeah. as big as it yeah. gets. So this is a <laughs> bonus almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's so like I went, um, one of my very good friends is, is pregnant. I went out for dinner with her last night, first baby. And, um, I went out with another friend and both of us, it's just, I'm so excited for her. Mm-hmm. But you also go, oh gosh, it's not, not through any fault of her own. Yeah, she doesn't yeah, yeah. know doesn't yet know. because you can't know. You can't know. Until oh, but she's, she's going to have you, like one of my best mates had her first baby in the summer. And that first few months where like I, and I'd never stayed for long, but if I went over always obviously with food and all the things mm-hmm. that you do. And she just kind of look at me with that face that a new mum has and just be like, it's it's a lot isn't it but you can say it really is yeah, yeah, and it's really yeah. going to be okay in a way that someone further down the line doesn't really remember or they just that you've got it all in yeah. black and white that you really remember yeah. what that was yeah, like yeah yeah i think some of the best like it's not even like it's the first week or something i remember like 
it can be months in, like three months in, and I'd be like crying on my mum going, mm. this is so hard mm. and it never ends. Mm. It's relentless. And then she just always seemed to know whether I needed a come on now or most of the time what I needed was it is, isn't it? It's really mm. hard. Just a mm. there, there. You just need a there, there. Yeah. No one can fix it. That, oh no, I think it's so hard when you've been a mum to not be like, have you tried white noise? Yeah, no, I have to. I have to. I have to stop it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. can't. I don't always. And as I'm writing it, I'm like, shut the fuck up. And uh, the last thing I want to ask you about: Do you have trigger points where that overwhelm hits, and how do you deal with those now that you're wise and experienced? <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, it's a funny one because I, th when I'm the busiest, sometimes that's when I'm at my best in mm, a way. Do you know yeah, what I mean? I yeah. thrive on that. But I think that's not a good thing. I think that's me buying into the, you know, the currency of busy. Busy mm. is good. How, how are things? Busy? or oh, good, right? Oh, lovely. Mm. And that about how important you are, we sort of associate with busyness, which I don't think is healthy. And we're like, oh, what? You're, you're really frazzled and never sleep. Well done. Congratulations. Yeah, like, yeah. That's, why do we celebrate that? It's no. mental. Um, so I have to watch that in myself. Um I think I'm just I'm I'm just always quite an anxious person. Um, I, I do spiral and I can feel mm. my. I th hopefully, I'm learning to be better. I started therapy, which is quite mm. good. I've done mm. that before. Mm. And the thing that she said to me is, when you're worrying about the past or the future, you're time traveling. It's completely pointless. Mm. Stop time traveling. So I'll be like, well, I don't know how things are going to be next year. Blah blah blah. And she's like, well, next year will come, and you will have to deal with it. And mm. You will, you will have to deal with. So deal with it when you need to deal with it. There is no. And it's nothing that we don't know. We all know that worrying isn't useful. But to have someone say that, and I do, when I can remember, if you can just pull yourself back and go, you're time traveling, it's fine. Stop it. And there's nothing you can do. Like, Doug is quite good at talking about what it's a sports. He used to be a rugby player. I think it's a sports psychology thing about what can you control. Absolutely. You can't control the future. Yeah. But when you focus, and do you know what's really annoying? Sometimes he talks with various people on the team at work and he is, is really good with the kind of coaching advice and stuff. And they will quote him back oh, to me. That's got a sting. Can you? <laughs> So it'd be like, well, what would Doug say? You know, what, what, what would Doug do? Control. <laughs> yeah, fuck off, Doug. <laughs> but it's true. But it's really true. Like, what can you control? And you can't control the past or the future. But it's like, how do I calm myself in this yeah. moment? And breathing. Yeah. I keep reading about breathing being really important. Yeah, I hear that. And my, my therapist says that. She's like, just put your hand, just ground oh, yourself. Hand on your heart. Yeah. Just take some breaths and ground yourself. Tell yourself it's okay and ground yourself. Do you feel like a dickhead when you do that, though? Yeah. But it does help, like, to know, just have something to go to, at least, even if you don't yeah. remember it all the time. But just occasionally, if you have the – it pops into your head and you go, I can do that. Or to recognise I'm time-travelling. I'm time-travelling. Stop stop spiralling. Yeah, yeah. Control what you can control. Yeah. And I, yeah. if it's what – like, well Yeah, well done. Thanks, Doug. But it's funny, isn't it? You can say all this. And I'm so good, as we all are. I'm so good at saying that stuff to my friends. God, oh, yes. easy, but yeah. easy. But yeah. yeah, to yourself, it's a different kettle of fish. Yeah, entirely. I think that that's, um, I suppose that's the other thing they kind of say in therapy, isn't it? Talk to yourself as if you're talking to your best mate. And you're like, yeah, I wouldn't be such a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> do you know, my, my therapist was like, you need, and I know lots of people do this, like you need to, you, you, negative thoughts in your head, you need to name that voice. You need to name mm. that voice. 
And I, but what really stressed me out was that I, I have yet to think of a good name for the voice. And I've spent so much time thinking, I was like, I don't think this is what's meant to be. <laughs> See, the, yeah. whole, the whole hour, you're just going, uh, Tallulah. No, not yeah, that what's, one. What's uh, her backstory? Like, sort of, for God's <laughs> sake, woman. Just class. I'm just such an overthinker. Ridiculous. But yeah, therapy has been good. Also, so I'm 41 now. I think there's something that happens in this few years. And maybe it is in part because we're in this rush hour and it's this all this stuff that you kind of go, I've got to actually start trying to work out why I react in a certain way. If I want to hold on to my relationship and be Mm. a decent parent and have a good job, you kind of, it's that self-reflecting thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You just known yourself for so bloody long now. Hear yourself wanging on the whole time. (laughs) Well, I have thoroughly enjoyed hearing you wang on Ellie Taylor. Oh, thanks Steph. What Um, a lovely chat. No, it's so lovely. And I'm really excited for the paperback to come out, but I'm really excited as well for all the stuff that's coming your way. Oh, thanks mate. It's like, it's watching you, your star rising. I'm sure it's in time terrifying, but you're doing it and it's amazing. Oh, thanks. Well, I'll speak to you next January when I'll never work again. I'll I'll let you know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Please go back and watch the, what clip would you go back and watch? Even uh, even if you go back and watch the early stand-up, I think you'll be surprised. Cringe. No, thank you. (laughs) Gross. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Deb. Thank you so much for listening. Um, And of course, thank you to Ellie. As I said, I'm excited to see what she does next. Um, There's some clips and things that we talked about in the show notes. And if you're enjoying the podcast, um, please do rate, review, um, subscribe if you're on Apple or follow if you're on Spotify. I think that's right. Um, The podcast. And then it will ping up on your phone when we drop a new episode. Um, And really good luck everyone this week um don't forget to breathe even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.